Welcome to Currents, your leading global voice of maternal feminism. As maternal feminists, we are inviting you to join us, using our voices in the public square for the things that deeply matter, our faith, our families, and our maternal identities. The Currents podcast aims to gather women who are deliberate thinkers and women who are prepared to engage as powerful forces for good in our homes, our communities, and our world. Welcome to our show today. I'm so excited. We have with us Gloria Boberg, who is a wave leader in Southern Utah. And I'm also joined by Shelly Spots, who will be a co-host today. Uh, Gloria, do you want to go ahead and start by introducing yourself? Um, Like she said, my name is Gloria Boberg. I live in Dameron Valley, which is about 16 miles away from St. George. I um, have kind of a double fold in bow right now, or big ocean women. Um, I am still the wave leader in our uh, wave program up here, but I'm also uh, now the leader of the wave organizations. And uh, so I'll be doing a lot of work with individual waves. Um, Just uh, started with um, Big Ocean Women five years ago when I was lucky enough to go to the UN in Salt Lake and get to know um, a lot of the sweet ladies and see what it was about. And then we just got it going here in St. George and we've done a lot of community efforts and stuff. And so that's kind of where we're at. Awesome, thank you. Yeah, I um, wanted to mention, we are talking about life culture this month. That's the theme for our month here in April. And we wanted to interview you specifically because of this huge undertaking that you have done in Dameron Valley of uh, creating a community garden. So we'd love for you to tell us a little bit more about that. How did you get started? What first prompted you to start that? (laughs) Well, I believe in a higher power and he kept bugging me and saying, why aren't you doing something with that? And I kept asking everybody else why they weren't. And uh, my bishop's wife said, I think he's talking to you. (laughs) And I said, well, I'm only gonna do it if you do it. And so, we just kind of went over and looked at it. And I really, I'd, when I first moved here, I went over and the gates were all closed and it was locked up, but it was such a cute little area and it had uh, a lot of weeds, but there was hoses and it looked like somebody had tried and it just hadn't gone anywhere. And so I kept my eye on it for about a year. And then I decided I would have the soil tested because it had been dormant for quite a few years. And it came back with really good soil. Utah State University is helping me with a couple of grants to get started. And so they checked the soil and it was good. And so I took it into our big ocean women meeting and we had a vote and we decided we'd at least give it a shot. And so one late night, and it was probably about seven o'clock at night in the summer, it was just starting to get dark. We had taken our lawn mowers over and our weed whackers over and we just started mowing and whacking because we needed to see what was there. And so uh, we were shocked because there was a lot of pathways that had big rocks. And so as we cut the weeds down, the weeds were taller than I am. And um, as we cut those down and started raking things up, we it was like we found a little lost city. And it was very exciting. And each treasure came out oh, and we went, oh my gosh, look at all these herbs. And there was a whole herb garden. And of course they were, only three feet tall, so they were old. But um, it was really fun to see all of us get together and get excited about it. 
And I tried to get a grant and I couldn't because um, Dameron Valley didn't want anything to do with the garden. And the, the people there, uh, the governing board didn't want anything to do with it and they were a nonprofit. So I called and I asked um, Anne if she'd be interested in letting us do this garden as a nonprofit and that we could donate the food to um, our population. Um, I'd say probably 60% of it is senior citizens. We have quite a few who are terminally ill. And so they can't get down 30 miles to go to the grocery store. And so we kind of decided we would see what we could do with it. And uh, our first year, it was kind of, okay, we grew some great watermelon. <laughs> and uh, we just added on to it each year as we've gone. And so this year, we added 20 fruit trees. And next fall, we will add 25 apple trees. And so now it's become a garden that's large enough that every Saturday in the summer we have a farmer's market. And with the money that we make off that, it helps fund uh, the next year's um, seeds and stuff that we need. How many, so years, how many years have you been doing it now? This is my fifth year. Okay. So I've lived here 12. So it took me a while to really get the guts to start it. <laughs> but we have... Uh, Lots of, as people have moved out of the area, they come and bring us their tools and their plants and things. And so we now have, um, well, we had a mother rabbit come with her five little babies. And we now have five more new babies and eight babies that came with her that when it was only supposed to be five. So we have quite a population of chickens right now. And then Pat Downer, who works in the garden with me, likes them so much. She bought 30 for her, her yard. So we have chickens. We have bunnies. We were told there were two females and a male. And obviously, they're all three something because there are no new bunnies. So Pat went and bought a male and put it in there. So we'll see what we got going. But we're raising bunnies and chickens. And we've got bees and uh, lots of fruit. And this year, what we're really working on is preparing the beds. Uh, that's something I didn't realize, you know, growing up, my parents always stuck everything in the ground and they were farmers. And um, we had a, a big farm uh, area when I was a kid, but uh, as times have changed, you can do so much more in a smaller area. Mm. And so we took some classes and we found out how to do uh, gardening so that it is all just, natural everything we don't use poisons we don't and it, it's been really interesting to learn because if you were to watch us when we get out there and we're taking the tractor and running it around and tilling the ground up and then we have um our our um, tillers that we use so you know there's a lot really a lot of physical work that goes into it so when we went over and took these classes, the, the garden beds were all made up and they weren't great big ones. They were just, she runs a whole nursery out of them. There's probably a total of five. But she used uh, just her hands and dug in the dirt and threw the seeds in and buried it up and said, okay. And then she watered it and fertilized it. And she goes, okay, let's go on to the next one. And I just said, whoa, wait a minute, stop. 
that's way too easy. <laughs> and so we learned how to build a bed first. And so uh, I have two beds done. We probably have maybe another 10 to go. But the tomatoes are, are in the beds. And there's a, a man who we call him a bowman because his wife's a, a member of Big Ocean Women. But he's doing all the tomatoes this year. And then uh, we've already got the raspberries and grapes and, and blackberries. And so things are progressing more. And we're, what we're doing is permaculture so that everything we're putting into the ground is permanent now. And then we have one area that we use and that's where the beds are so we can do plant things. Last year, we had more cantaloupe than what we knew to do with. It just kept coming and coming. In fact, we were eating fresh cantaloupe off the vine in November. And so we're just kind of playing with it right now and seeing what we can do and uh, feeding people who are hungry. We'll work a little bit with um, Switchpoint and their people. So it's been a great project. Yeah, I think it's been so incredible what you've been able to accomplish in such a short period of time. I know last year I came to one of the the farmers markets. You like keep it open to donation, right? Like you you'll hand out food for free and yeah. anybody who wants to can donate and right. you're still able to raise enough money to to continue to support. Yeah, we raised probably between 4 and 500 dollars every time we did one. And we felt like uh, that maintains uh, getting the help that we need. And, and uh, most of our seed is organic and heirloom. And uh, so we're able to save the seeds from the plants and just keep using them. So you do a lot so, of start. You start the plants. Yeah, we do a lot of start. Very beginning. We actually um, learned how to do a bit of a greenhouse by just getting some of the arch frames and then putting some plastic over it. And we would put it in sunlight on the side of a building. And we were able to grow quite a few starts that way. Our end goal is to have a 30 by 10 greenhouse so we can raise fish as well. And how big is the property that you're growing this garden on? We, right now we have um, two and a half acres. We have the one half acre, we haven't broken the fence open to yet. That's where the apples will go in the fall. So that'll hold 25 apple trees. And then um, there's another five acres that uh, is being donated to Big Ocean Women so we can do animals or, you know, build more, do more. Want to get everybody in St. George involved this year. We want to really spread it out to all the communities here. I love how this has become an effort where you see so many different things that are coming, you know, not, it's not just a vegetable garden, but you've got fruit trees and you've got animals and you're thinking of more animals. How many people are involved? In, Cause it sounds like, I mean, gardens are hard and it gets hot yeah. during the summer and you have to weed them. And how many people do you think um, are involved on a regular basis in keeping this going? Um, it depends. We, we start a project. I'll say, okay, we're going to put these fruit trees in. Anybody who wants to come and help? And my phone will ring and I'll have two or three tractors show up and a bunch of guys. And, and then um, if Pat and Julie and I work on it on a regular basis, and if like when we're starting out, uh, we don't even really open the garden. We go in and while we're making a plan of this is where this is going to go and that. 
in about a week, there'll be uh, the first garden meeting and we're actually gonna ask for families to take an area and pick what they want to grow for the entire community. And then they can have anything in the garden. So if someone is really good at growing squash or whatever, and they wanted to take a big plot and grow squash, they'd be responsible just for making sure it doesn't go to weed. And, you know, we'll put everything on timers and have it watered. We're learning how to do it smarter, um, but there's an elegance. And the only thing I can tell you is I call it my grace. When I go over there, I don't hear the rest of the world. It's just so, so calming and playing in the dirt and seeing things growing in our farmer's markets. I've had couples come up and say, you're going to do this again next year, aren't you? And I say, oh, yeah, we'll do it. Well, don't make it too modern because we love how it feels to come out in the country and pick something. And, and so we've really, we've tried to keep it more donations rather than prices. Um, and so we're going to try and work on that and see, you know, we'll probably have a GoFundMe under Big Ocean Women St. George and just have people put in as they can. And because there's a lot of people who don't have access to food. And with what's coming up, <laughs> we're going to need it. <laughs> I love um, the thought of, of it being a little bit more old fashioned and being a little bit of a refuge. I think one of the things that we've really lost maybe in modern society, or maybe that we just don't make time for it are these places where we can connect not only to other people where we're working with other people, Mm -hmm. uh, but also that we can connect with nature. And yeah. to me, connecting to nature has such a strong component of connecting to, you know, a higher power or to God. How do you feel like this garden connects your community? Well, <laughs> we were approached in October, the year that we were all locked up with COVID because the church couldn't do the trunk retreat that year and the governor had ruled out um, parties. And so it had to be outdoors. And so we were approached by, you know, the kids aren't gonna have any Halloween, what do you think? And so we took a vote on it and decided we, we only had 20 little kids in our, in our ward, so we'd take it on, you know, couldn't be that bad. And so we got um, a flatbed trailer and two tractors and um, someone else donated another trailer. So we had the two flatbeds in the trailer and some hay and we did hay rides and we took them from our fire station to the garden. And in the garden, we had uh, 40 games that were 10 feet apart and the kids could come in and play all the games they wanted. And there was just tables full of candy. We had hot dogs and chili and hot chocolate and hay rides. Only we didn't have 20, we had 150 because it went all over in our steak. Mm -hmm. And so people kept bringing bags of candy to throw on the table so the kids would have candy. And I made enough chili for 100 people. I bought 100 hot dogs and we sold out. Wow. So the community, when, when we say we're going to do a Halloween party, something like that, a community event, we've had them come over when we've had classes they're taught. Um, and like I say, if they have, they're moving and they say, oh, do you want these tools, that kind of stuff. I think this year, what we're going to try is not only the farmer's markets, but we want to have movie night. 
And so the families can come, but the 20 trees that we just planted, we're gonna be putting clover grass down. And uh, so next year we'll have the lawn they can all sit on, but we thought we would try movie night. And then maybe during a couple of our farmer's markets, we could do not just things that are sold from our garden, but like jewelry or cookies or get the community involved in, you know, wanting to come and sell whatever they're making and uh, just grow it so that people know when they see the sign what's going on. Yeah. We don't call it Dameron Valley Community anymore. We call it Dameron Valley Farms. And uh, because we want to open it up, we're going to take it all the way up to Vail and all the way down to St. George. And because there's a lot of people who can't find um, gardening that's um, kind of down home. You know, it's Santa Clara has some great farms, but it's... Uh, their season ends pretty fast. Mm -hmm. yeah. So we're going to try some different things this year and see what happens. So really you're using this not only as a way to provide food for people, but even more as a way for people to gather and be more connected yeah. to each other. And I think people are looking, they're looking for ways to connect and, and ways to get to know the people in their communities we build stronger communities when we get out and and we meet people and we have something in common. And this gives, you know, it gives people something to do and to work towards together. I think it's so, I think it's amazing what, what you've done in just five years with it. Yeah. Well, I'm happy to hear you say that because it feels like it's slow go to me, but um, it's a big project. I mean, it's, yeah. It's eventually seven and a half acres, but um, I think when you talk about the community, an example of this is over where our community mailboxes are, there's just been big holes full of mud and water and the snow and trying to drive up to get your mail is a real chore and there's just mud everywhere. And uh, we were over at the garden talking about it the other day and all of us were saying, well, we ought to do something about it. And and uh, one of my friends, Kevin, he runs a, a tractor for us. And he said, well, I know where we can go get some really good gravel that, that will be, it'll hold up over in that area. It's about 150 bucks. And I said, well, let's plan on that next week. Let's just all get together from the garden and we can go over there. And I went over this morning to get my mail and he had every tractor and there was just loads of rock that he'd bought and put it there and dumped it and they uh, everybody was out there spreading it around and doing it and we don't have a single dip anywhere in our area now <laughs> and so that's it's brought people together to do things it's not even in the garden it's just outside the garden and you're talking about it and how can we do this and so I think that's kind of cool too and really what you're doing is you're working together to solve your community's problems rather than waiting for somebody else to come along and this and I think Another thing that I'm noticing is just, you know, one of the things that I love talking about in Big Ocean is this idea of abundance. And I think life culture really ties in with this idea of abundance. And you're planting one seed and it's growing into a yes. bush that provides multiple fruits or vegetables on it. And, and you're yes. seeing this not only in the garden itself, but in the people, like an abundant mindset. Well, and, those seeds, and those seeds you can harvest and use the next year as well. It provides... Yeah not only the fruit for that year, but the seeds for the years to come. Well, and teaching others how to garden because a lot of them don't know how. 
Yeah. Um, but we've got a little gal that's across the street. She's just joined Bo this week and a uh, big ocean woman. But she's, we call her Cindy Lou Who because the little character for, you know, on How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Oh, yeah. She looks just like her. And she's she's just a stick of dynamite, short little thing. But she's been going around on her tractor and she's been taking all the weeds out of the ditches and chopping down people's trees that can't get out to do it. She just does it for nothing. She just, you see her out there working on the roads and everything. She's just cute as can be. And so um, I'm taking her down to the bank tomorrow and she's going to open up a Cindy Lou Who account so they can send some uh, money so she can cover her costs and her expenses. And we've donated some to her. Uh, because our, it's pitch black up here at night, pitch black. And you yeah. can't see where to turn into our our communities. And there's two entrances on both sides, east and west. And she's lit them up. She's gotten solar lights and made these beautiful things so you can see where to turn to get into. So everybody is supportive of that. And I think it makes a difference for all of us. If It's kind of one common ground, but we're all pitching in on the other things that we see need to be done. Yeah. So it's not just women getting out in the garden. Uh, you know, they know I'm way too old to do all that. And so when I say, hey, I'm headed over to the garden to do this, we're starting to get a lot more people that come over and and uh, some strong bodies that can, you know, do things, help us a little better. As, well, I, oh, oh, go ahead. No, as you have, um, as you've done this, what, were there, any was there anything that was unexpected about it for you or that was challenging that maybe you didn't expect well at first well and i can't say it's over but um a lot of people because it was named community garden assumed that it belonged to the whole community and that they were paying taxes on it and they wanted to know you know why we were doing it and kind of being in charge of it and i said well because Brooks Pace, who's the owner, asked us to do this. And he said he'd give us free land and free water. Well, if I get free land and free water from him and Utah State's giving me free seed and it's good land, why would I not do it? And so when I, I look at it, I didn't expect that there would be, I hate to say it, but maybe a little bit of jealousy, but it was really more like they didn't know what was going on. And so as they've seen us, and more and more is coming on and they can come over and get what they want. It's made a big difference. Yeah. Um, but I did not expect it to be this big. And every time I said, I'm not doing this anymore, I'm going to quit. Um, God says, no, you're not. Uh, here's a gift. And so something will come up, you know, here's 20 fruit trees. Now just go plant them. <laughs> so I just laugh. I just think I don't dare say I'm going to leave anymore because I don't know what he's got in mind. <laughs> he's going to give you 10 more acres to get farming that's what's going to happen <laughs> well I think I think what we're going to try and do is teach and start carrying things like some of the supplies that people would run down 30 miles to Home Depot to get if we had some of the soils and the fertilizers and things and then start teaching and we've got um, a couple of people that are uh, master gardeners and I think that would be fun to go learn because they've got big yards up here they can grow their own farm but they just don't know how yeah yeah well and knowledge is i think it's so important mm -hmm. we'd like to teach 
third world countries. In fact, when we talked about this with our Big Ocean Women Board, they said, we'd like you to build a template so we can use it in other places. And so I've been keeping documents and samples of seeds and directions and stuff so that when we get it to the point where it's as complete, I think in two years, it'll be as complete as we're going to get it. And then I think there'll be a permanent template and then actually give it to the church. And then they can um, add to it or take away because they have their own agriculture department, but they're basically asking for that so they can hand that out. And boy, I think it would be so awesome to see other countries be able to have fresh fruits and vegetables. That sort of anticipated my next question because I was going to ask if, uh, if someone wanted to do something like this and get involved in something like this, what advice or how would you tell them to get started? But evidently they should just wait and you'll give them all the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they don't want to wait, and quite frankly, I think they're going to need it. Um, the big message that's come to me when I've gone down to the stores, there's been a lot of things I've been looking for and it's not there. Yeah. And so um, I think if they're going to do this, I would say go someplace where somebody knows what they're doing and ask them to help you get started because you can waste a lot of money and a lot of time. And if you can find somebody or even, you know, like if they wanted to come up and work in the garden for one season, it's a good way to learn. A lot of our people actually go from our garden and go home and plant their own. And, and while we may not see them as often, it, it's, uh, it's the people that come and like if we run out of a certain produce while we're doing our farmer's markets, they'll bring them to us so we can sell them for them. And all the money goes into the garden. So we teach, they grow. <laughs> yeah. So I'd say, you know, and be prepared for um, patience. Mm. And remember the garden has a spirit. So the spirit needs to be honored. Oh, I love that idea. I love that thought. The garden has a spirit and learning to work with that work within that realm um and i love to where you're going with like the things that you've learned i'd love to you to add i'd love for you to add a little bit more there what are the things you've learned what characteristics have you been able to develop by working on this project um i've learned uh how to test soil to make sure you know i didn't know berries had to have acid so I'm the only one up here in Downrun that's able to grow great raspberries and because um, my soil tests real acidic. Uh, but I didn't know that's why. I just thought it was because I was patient. <laughs> now see, that, so, just, that just explains to me why my raspberries are not doing very well. <laughs> yeah. You just have to sprinkle. It's called acidic bloom or acidic soil. And you just sprinkle it, sprinkle it on top of your raspberries and let it water in. People think they have to dig big holes and put all this stuff down. You just have to be sure you start with a good base and then you'd be surprised at how little work it is once you've got that base in. So, and I think that's what I've learned. It's not as hard as it looks. And I don't need to feed 10 armies. If I feed one army, it's plenty. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that. Well, is there anything else that you'd love 
to share with our audience. We're so grateful that you've been on today and learned a lot just by listening to you. But anything else that you'd like to share with us? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, Sunday, I felt like uh, President Nelson's talk was to all of us and it was about loving one another. And if you've done something or you're casting judgment or something, just say you're sorry. And I think when you start getting together in groups like this, um, you develop a family. And I think that's as important to nurture as the garden is. And I I think um, people look forward to it. You know, they drive up and down the street and they want to know what's going on. And so I, I think it can become a place that's safe in your community. We have swing sets for the kids. They can come up, pet the rabbits, play with the chickens, swing. Uh, in the fall, there's fruit now, so they'll they'll be able to get some fruit. And so I think, you know, we're gonna put a barbecue out there. We have tables out there. We're just kind of trying to get the community to come in and not be afraid. And to uh, so we know our neighbors and we can help take care of them when they need it. Yeah. I think that's so important. We we've lost some of our so many of our community spaces. And so if we can build places like this that not only help take care of our community in a temporal way, where it's like taking care of our physical needs, but mm -hmm. almost in a more spiritual way when yeah. it's providing that opportunity to connect with one another and to really get to know one another and to feel safe in those spaces. I think that's so important. So yeah. I love what you're doing down there. Thank you. You guys will have to come see it. Bring your kids up, Dana. I know. Now I'm like, I'm going to, I need to drive down. It will take me a few hours, but. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is a bit of a way. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love ending on that idea, you know, that we're not only building, you're not only building a garden, you're building a community, you're building a family and you're working together. And um, that kind of just brings it full circle. This whole idea about life culture is respecting what we have in our home, taking it out into the community, into the world. And um, you're doing a phenomenal job there. I just really appreciate the work you're doing and for being on today and sharing this Thank work you. with us. Thanks for asking me. Thank you for talking Good to Good to see us. you guys. You have been listening to Currents, a podcast by Big Ocean Women. You can find us on the internet at bigoceanwomen.org, on Instagram, and on Facebook. We are each one powerful drop in a big ocean of change. Join us in one of our local chapters, Waves, or Women Achieving Vast Empowerment. Our music is First Rain by Ian Post. Editing and production is by Fifth East Productions. Please join us again next week for in-depth discussion about interesting ideas and about people who are trying to make a difference in their communities.